general nerdery. So we're going to talk about a lot of good things and bad things about today's episode, but I'm going to start it with this. Hans Zimmer was on absolute fire throughout this entire movie. This soundtrack, I just, I was in. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that. I was on Hans board Zimmer's with the soundtrack. Hans Zimmer's a safe bet. Like it's a, anyways, uh, welcome to General Nerdery. We're your generals of nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. And with us today, we have a returning guest, Tiffany. Hi. Hi. Uh, who I am not, like, I talk to you almost, like, every week, but I'm not used to actually seeing your face, because it's usually just, like, <laughs> random thought messenger over to him. Like, oh, right, people. Right? <laughs> what oh, is this, a friends like me? What is this people thing? <laughs> yeah, and I think this is the first time I've had somebody on screen since the last time you called in, so... Oh. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, God, we, had to, we have to download Zoom for this. We were supposed to start recording, like, now. <laughs> that's fine we it, got there. it worked you guys can't tell uh before we dive into wonder woman 84 and news and stuff uh, what's everyone been ingesting yeah. tiffany you want to start yeah sure um i'm playing a lot of genshin impact that's um, the uh I didn't... waifu of the wild right the yes and i mean <laughs> i simp have i'm not say playing the same game as most of my friends i'm letting you guys know right now um i didn't mean to spend money and i did and I... <laughs> <laughs> oh. i'm having a really good time um it's it's a lot of fun i started um i actually started to watch critico's no basketball critico no basketball hmm. um which is like an old classic and i never um had gotten into it. I'm real into it. I'm going to go I, on a limb and guess that's a basketball anime. It is. It is okay. a basketball anime. We are on um, in simpatico. It actually um, kind of referring back to a post that you and I had been part of, um, Zach, where they play a lot of red, red, blue. Um, oh, yeah. Same thing appears here where like the blue haired character is like calm and like quiet and easily overlooked. And the red haired character is like six, three and like a, like a tiger. <laughs> Um, okay. And then I'm also re-watching Magic Knight Rayer, which is the shit, guys. It is so good. It's not even, like, ironically, like, nostalgically good. Like, that thing, like, that show changed generations. I think I, I like, did some research back, and I'm pretty sure that was Clamp's first animated series. Oh, like, shit. Of, of their work that became animated, I think. Clamp was... Um... Welcome to anime, the area that I'm suddenly like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Clamp was the, the, the same ones that do, like, card captors, right? Yeah, they do. They okay. do card captors, Sakura. They did Subasa Chronicles. That's um, the one I was and, Angelic Lair. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Um, let's see. What have I been ingesting? What have I been ingesting? <laughs> I don't know. A um, lot more Witcher. I finished off all of the secondary quests in the second DLC. So I only have main storyline left, so I might actually finish the game this week. You have said <laughs> that for the last, like, three months. I'm so close <laughs> now, though. I'm so close. I'm, like, at most, like, ten hours off, and even that's mostly because of cutscenes. And then, like, you mentioned it on an episode, and I didn't think about it then. And then, like, it... It required uh, the internet tracking my activity and doing like personalized uh, ads towards me to remember that uh, the Katamari Damacy reroll was released for Xbox. So I downloaded that this week and I've just been rolling all of the Katamaris 
It's been great. <laughs> uh, however, they do need to make uh, beautiful Katamari backwards compatible for my life to be complete. So, it is a pretty magical like game. Like I, I always wanted to play it. I never got a chance until just recently, and I'm just like, what is... This is the weirdest goddamn thing that I'm super into. This past week and a half, it's been like, oh, well, what's in the news? The capital got stormed? It looks like I'm going to roll a Katamari to cool <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, no. How bad of a day is it? Uh, <laughs> um, I know my plans for this upcoming Wednesday. Right? I think... I think... Oh, and... Yeah, I think that's it. The new season of American Gods started up, so I watched that, but nothing, nothing big otherwise. Nice. Let's see. Um, we are right in the middle of the what I'm guessing is going to be about a week or two week period where TikTok has become obsessed with sea shanties. Yes. And so everywhere I turn, there's that fucking Wellerman song, and I say that even though I actually am really enjoying it and have been singing it to myself for like three days now. That part's getting old, <laughs> but. Uh, so I guess Sea Shanties is one of my answers. And then I've started reading a comic called Seven Days. It's by Gail Simone, who's one of my favorite writers. Mm -hmm. um, and it is a crossover comic book of this new superhero universe, like company was just created within the last like five years, uh, called Catalyst Prime. And I remember thinking, oh, that looks kind of, I love supporting new superhero things, but I've never found a copy in Missoula. And they just randomly had their like, big event crossover comic there. So hmm. it's like, all right, let's see if this comic makes any sense on its own merits. And so far, surprisingly good for a big, dumb event crossover comic book. Hell yeah. That reminds me, that's the other thing I did. I already told you, I got Marvel Unlimited this week, so I was like, oh, I never did finish reading all of the first run of the all-new, all-different Ghost Rider. <sighs> Instead of, you know, reading the comic that you bought me. Which I still feel bad about, but... That's okay. It's just yeah, Thor. It's, it's always around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Where are we next? Uh, do we have any news? We do have news. That's good. At least I came I think... up with half of it, so I shouldn't ask that like I don't know. I know. I've... We're, we're splitting this now. You know we have news. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll start off. I have, uh, with our Fantastic Four news items of the week, I'll start with our Reed Richards, with our science news popularized by game of thrones we're finding out more about direwolves because people like have the bug now and it turns out they're not really wolves yeah they're not like canine at all if i remember or am i it's um so their last con what they figured out recently is direwolves last common ancestor with uh eurasian gray wolves would have occurred about 5.7 million years ago mm -hmm. oh uh, and it was thought to be a lot closer, like 30,000 years ago, is oh. what they were thinking. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because they were so similar, but it turns out that it was just a, a case of convergent evolution where both species came up in almost the exact same environment, so they adapted almost the exact same things to deal with that environment. That's just neat. Okay. Uh, but that's probably why they died out, because they weren't similar enough to actually breed with gray wolves. All right. And they just couldn't compete, or...? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah okay. Just couldn't compete. Um, plus, so many ended up in the La Brea Tar Pits. Probably wasn't enough to actually, like, screw with their population. But a ton ended up in the La Brea Tar Pits, so... It's warm there, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see... 
for my Johnny Storm, because I don't think we ever actually, we, we talked about rumors of this, but I don't think we ever actually confirmed it. Uh, they've announced some actors who are going to appear in uh, Marvel's Moon Knight on Disney+. Plus. Uh, we had talked about the rumor, but we never said it was for sure happening. Oscar Isaac is playing Moon Knight. And Ethan Hawke is going to play the villain, but they haven't announced who. Um, it's generally thought it's going to be Bushmaster, but there's another one. What is it, like Midnight? That, like, you know, evil Moon Knight? Okay, I would go for Midnight Midnight over would Bush. be my guess. I don't like Bushmaster much, but he is a, like, big part of Moon Knight's, um backstory well and they already did a version of bushmaster in luke cage oh did they yes oh shit you can tell i pay attention um <laughs> and that was my favorite bushmaster was my favorite part part of the second season oh that's why i haven't seen the second season. yeah that's on me uh by a long shot so i would think yeah probably other one i don't know that's a Moon Knight has a tendency to kill people. He doesn't yeah. have a lot of recurring baddies. He kind of has the Punisher problem of, <laughs> we've made this great villain, and then he got shot in the head. Um, all right, I guess we'll have him go up against Kingpin again instead. Like, I I don't know. I'm excited to see Ethan Hawke. I think Ethan Hawke actually would have been my pick for Gore the God Butcher, but that's going to be Christian Bale, so I don't know. I'm I haven't excited. kept up with these movies in a while. We know this. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know. Well, I'm excited to see Moon Knight. That's all. So. Yeah. Okay. So our possibly overlooked media item of the past couple weeks, our Sue Storm. I don't know where this man is finding uh, time for extra projects, but it's been announced that Reese Darby is going to be starring in Taika Waititi's HBO Max series. What? Uh, Our Flag Means Death, where he is going to be playing a fictional version of Steed Bennett, who was like a, I think he was like an Englishman merchant who had a midlife crisis and became the captain of the pirate ship Revenge. (laughs) That was like a wild ride. (laughs) You know... We were just talking about sea shanties right before we recorded. We were talking about Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Let's have Taika Waititi do a pirate show. A hundred percent I'm into whatever that's going to be. However, I think he's also starring in another Taika project that I had not heard about until I saw this news. How many Taika projects are there? He has everything in the world right now. (laughs) Everything in the world. I don't know where he's finding time for it. The other one has to do something with like the first i think like samoan olympic basketball team something like that i don't remember for sure i had never heard of it i don't know when he's going to do it i think he might end up start running into the problem that guillermo del toro has where he agrees to do everything and then sits on them all for eight years and never gets none of them done Mm -hmm. yeah i hope that's not the case because i want to see everything (laughs) in the world done by taika but this is starting to worry me (laughs) yeah fair enough uh, because oh, he's also got Thor and he's also got Star Wars, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm missing something too. Yeah, there was something else. Um, something for Netflix. Uh, we talked about it on the show like four months ago, but I don't remember what it was because that was like four months ago. So, <laughs> which is about a year and a half in 2020, 2021 time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. For our last one, the uh, this kind of a straight. We haven't quite figured out how our Ben Grimm is going to be yet. Kind of like sturdy, reliable things we may have talked about before. 
Um, that's kind of a stretch in this case, but since we've talked about the Dungeons and Dragons movie and John Wick comes up all the goddamn time, uh, the person who I think wrote oh, is this Colstad the, yeah, Derek is making, Colstad is making a D&D TV show. I forgot about that. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that. I want everything good in the world to happen to Colstad and the other guy because John Wick's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, from what I understand, this is not taking place of the Dungeons and Dragons movie that they were still talking about making. Right. This is a separate project. Which I kind of feel like you're having trouble getting any of this made. Just pick one and like actually do it well and then go back later. I don't have much on this, just they've announced this is going to happen. Nerds announce things so often that I kind of don't believe it until I actually see, like, active production on it. But I like fantasy, so, and, like, we don't, we're not getting a whole lot of, like, real fantasy uh, television anymore, and it's always trying to be Game of Thrones now, so, like, changing get, it up is good. We get John Wick-style action in the D&D universe where it's just like a warlock flipping guys around a bar and point blank Eldritch blasting them in the side of the head while they're like faces up against a wall. I'm down. It's very specific. But, um, <laughs> I've seen a lot of this guy's choreography. It's pretty close to probably what he'd do. No, that's <laughs> I'm in. I, I like, I'm excited about the idea. I'm just saying, uh, I'm not holding my breath yet of where it'll actually lead to. Oh, I felt bad that I forgot the name of that other YTT thing. So his next feature is Next Goal Wins, which tells the story of the American Samoa soccer team who had the worst loss in World Cup history. Don't know where he has all the time for this crap. Anyway. <laughs> that one sounds more like classic him. True. Out of all the projects he's talked about, but... Is that, are we already through news? Yeah, we're kind of tearing through things today. Uh, um... <laughs> Let's take a quick break and then talk about what we're really here for and talk about Wonder Woman 84. Woo! Yes, 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 yes. So Tiffany here is usually our anime person, but like the moment that she, even before you saw this movie, you were messaging me being like, let's do a Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> Let me come back for that. <laughs> not, not fighting you here. <laughs> like, which makes me feel bad because I feel like I'm going to be grumpy all over this movie. Oh, but. no, it's a very I easy mean, movie to be grumpy over. <laughs> I, I can kind of summarize my feelings about it into my old housemate and I were talking. And it started with, but are you looking at it through rose-colored glasses? And I was like, no, because I already know that I like the first one more. And then as the conversation progressed, she goes, and I quote, I see your, your resolve for this movie crumbling as we go on oh no <laughs> i can feel that i uh, i get there are a lot of things i actually legitimately really enjoyed about this movie there are some parts that were done very well but every critique i've heard i'm like you are 100 yeah. percent not wrong right <laughs> so, but uh, i still have feelings about oh, it oh yeah no I'm, <laughs> that's why we're doing this uh, the resolve crumbling reminds me of my own experience with a movie i feel like when i when I got done watching the movie for the first time, if you would have asked me right off the bat how to, like, grade it, I would have been like, oh, like, B plus EV. Easy. It was fine. And now that I've thought about the movie more, it might be a C minus. Like, every bit I think about this movie, it I'm continues like, to go down. Star Wars fans felt about all the sequels that they didn't want? 
It's kind of how like I feel about the like prequels now the more you talk about it. But like, um, <laughs> okay, so before we actually dive into this, because this has never come up on the podcast before, do either of you have any kind of like relationship with Wonder Woman as a character beyond I like her movies or I have mixed feelings about her movies? You're asking that after we saw her well, shrine. Yes, yeah, I, I do. This I do is have what's Wonder called a <laughs> um, Wonder Woman was like the first cosplay I'd ever done. Um, I like grew up watching like Justice League animated series. I've like been obsessed as a kid, right? I loved her. Also, I think it was kind of this thing where like she had like black hair, and I never really saw any like dark haired or like, even like black haired characters on TV. Hmm. Um, and like she's like. She's like a symbol of like justice and like it's something that I'll like dive into, you know, as we talk more. But like Diana's always been like above humanity in a way that is humbling rather than like, you know, we can take a look at like Clark and like a lot of his actions because he's also above humanity. He has a huge disconnect, um, but it is in kind of like this terrifying way. You and I have um, wildly different relationships with Superman, but <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm sorry. Keep going. I'm, it's super fascinating. I just yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah. So you know, like Wonder Woman has been my favorite superhero for as long as I can remember since like the beginning of time, and I've done so many different renditions of like a Wonder Woman cosplay, and I'm like yeah. So it's she's my favorite. I love her um, kind of beyond a lot of things. So I am. I did go into the movie with rose-colored lenses, even though I insisted I was not. Ah, so it's like every time I go into a Spider-Man movie. I get you. <laughs> uh, Tyler? Um, I feel like my relationship with Wonder Woman is mostly that I respect her as part of the Trinity. All right, I'll give you that. Um, um, I've never went deep. Uh, I do find the history... the. In our universe, not the, the character of the universe. Yeah, I find the history of the character fa- like fascinating. William yeah. Marston Moulton and all that, or Moulton Marston. Moulton Marston. Yeah, uh, and his wife and their yeah. thruple, and I can't remember the. Uh, yeah, all of something. I think um, all of that is super fascinating. The uh, the ideas that went into the character, uh, I find super interesting. I like her a lot more now that she's more of a mainstay in Justice League Dark. She is real fucking great in Justice League Dark. If you want to, like, I'm not sure about Wonder Woman. Let's try it out. That's a really safe intro comic. Um, but I've never, I've never went deep otherwise. Like, mm-hmm. um, I like watching old TV at times. So, like, I like the old show. Like, that's that's always, that's been I part of it for me. I honestly don't know if I've ever seen an episode of it. I haven't watched um, as much of that as I have a few other things, but I still like it, so. Yeah. I didn't like Wonder Woman when I was a kid. Like, it's weird if, you know, you know me today. I didn't like comic books when I was a little kid. I thought they were, uh-huh. like, dumb, and then someone lent me an X-Men comic, and I went, damn it, I was wrong. X-Men um, Evolution, like, oh, changed my life. On fire. Um <laughs> And then I was like, no, I don't like Superman. I like Batman. Superman's too much of a goody do- two shoes. And then I read more Superman. I'm like, God damn it, I was wrong. And then there was <laughs> literally a point where I'm looking at like one of the early walls of comics. Like I just filled a bookshelf at that point. But um, and I was like, oh my God, I only own like four books with a female superhero on it. Because one, it was, you know, 2003 and there was just a lot less of them around. Right. Two, I was like, ugh. 
There's only like Wonder Woman and she's dumb. And then a few years later again, God damn it, I was wrong. <laughs> so I have come to appreciate Wonder Woman much more as I have grown older. And I do think that when she goes like off the rails bad, she goes off the like off the rails bad hard. But yeah. when you get as when you get a good Wonder Woman story, or even a mostly good Wonder Woman story, there's not many comics that can quite match the like feel of it. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. The William Moulton Marston, like, we might just have to do an episode just about that because that guy is out of this freaking world. He is so insane. Uh, um, I will say I did go into the, the movie, though, rooting really, really hard for it because I did really enjoy the first one. Right. And it has a little bit of an emotional place, for, a weird little, like, niche emotional place because uh, my girlfriend is not a geek. Mm -hmm. She's... Okay, she's way nerdier than she'll ever admit to. But, like, that was the first comic book movie that we went to together. Oh, and I yeah, was like, oh, hey, you'll, you'll enjoy this one. Like, yeah. check it out. It's Wonder Woman. And she did enjoy that one, which led me to being like, cool, well, there's a bunch of go shit going on over on TV, so we can go watch that now. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you know, if you like that, like, probably like these. Mm -hmm. um, the yeah, first I mean, is going free. to the movie, like, they're, like, all of their marketing was so good, right? And, like, like, just like that first image of the Kingdom Come armor was, like, mm. exciting. Like And the rainbows, like... Yes. Yeah, it just... I'll say that. That made me kind of, like, the prep made me want this movie. And I had this about the first one, too. I wanted it to be so much more gay than it is. Oh, also, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, the first one at least had, like, jokes of, like, men are unnecessary. I grew up on the island of women. But, like... God, I just wanted her to, like, go on a date with Barbara early on in this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. God, maybe we should, yeah. Okay. Because that goes into all the things that I, oh, this movie makes me irritated at points with, but. Okay. Yeah. Before we dive too much into this movie, let's get the, uh, the elephant in the corner out of the way. And let's talk about the somewhat questionable, the definitely questionable consent issues of some parts of this movie. And there are spoilers at this point on. If you haven't seen Wonder Woman 84... Come back later. Stop. Don't listen <laughs> to this. <laughs> Is it still going to be... You might have to pay for it by the time this episode's out. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah... The, one of the big plot things here is that Steve Trevor has come back and it's revealed that he came back in another person's body. Correct. And she clearly has sex with him. And that means that whoever's body it is, he had no say in any of the stuff that went on for like three days worth of story in this. And it Right. And, and, and it's not that even that like he like transformed or anything like it's made very clear that he is physically this other person, but all Diana can perceive him as is Steve, which is why we keep seeing mm -hmm. um, Chris Pine's face, right? I will admit I didn't think about the consent issue part of it until after the movie had ended. Mm -hmm. My problem first time through was I was like, this is the only 80s trope you're going to use. What the mind you made swap this, thing? Or the... You made this uh, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, and all you're going to do is do a body swap for cementing this in nineteen eighty four. Body swap and the scene where Chris Pine is trying all the clothes on and his fanny like, pack. 
Nanny yeah, pack. fanny pack. <laughs> and fucking rocketing through like every 80s Listen, style Listen, he can do fanny pack Chris Pine like <laughs> in 2019. Do you know how many Disney people were fanny packs? Or like rave people? Like That's true. They, yeah, if they wanted fanny pack Chris Pine, they could have done it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it did feel like 84 was kind of out of place. Like Taika Waititi's Thor Ragnarok felt more 80s than this, and it didn't even take place in the 80s. It just kind of owned that vibe. Well, I feel like I was lied to with the marketing of this movie because all of those colors only appear on those posters. This is a right. pretty washed out movie. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it couldn't quite seem to decide. Like, it kind of felt like two movies at some point because there was like the larger than life, super colorful, super kind of campy Wonder Woman action moments. And I liked those. But then there was also the like kind of gritty biting off more than you can chew can't move on in life like always wanting more drama and it ricocheted between those two so strongly that like something's just i'm not even sure it seemed kind of like mishmash and like Mm -hmm. topics like kind of just tossed together and it could have been one of those things where like it could have been like a multi-feature right Mm. where like there was just like a lot of stuff that was glossed over or they kind of touched on it. If it is this big deal, then they don't make it as big of a deal as it should have been that I was like, kind of like upset about. I was like, the dream stone's a big thing. Like you can't have Barbara be like, what if it's a, what if it's a dream stone? And then Diana just gloss her, like brush her <laughs> off. I'm like, no, that, that's a big deal. Um, and the, and the impact of like landed harder, like little things like that, where I feel like this could have been like broken up into bigger pieces or smaller pieces, into more, into more pieces, um, and didn't have to be crammed all in at once. It, it felt like, it just felt like it was crammed. Mm-hmm. And when you feel crammed at two and a half hours, you might be trying to fit too many things in at one time. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, I kept thinking of place, where could you cut time out of this movie? And I can't think of any place, which is bad when it's this long. Because it doesn't yeah. feel like it, at no point does it feel like it needs to be this long. And by the end, I was kind of just ready for it to be over because of how long it was. Well, and, and they could have just like separated Barbara from Maxwell Lord kind of all together. Um, I felt like bringing in Maxwell Lord overshadows Barbara, which is kind of sad because she is such like a pivotal character and an important character in the Wonder Woman arcs um, as such a great nemesis. Um, but also like Maxwell Lord is like, He's fucked up. Like, <laughs> like that man is not nice, right? And, like, he is one that, like, drives Diana to that point of, like, of, like, killing him. Of murder. Yeah. Um, and, like, not that she has this, like, this this complex of not killing, right? But, like, but she does try as, like, I think a part of, like, trying to at least present herself as closer to humanity. Because she knows that she's, like, disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... And so they kind of just did both villains dirty in that, like, there was a lot of potential in both stories and they kind of put a lot of cop-outs in or they kind of overshadowed one or the other. And so, like, I feel like both villains could have been two separate movies and should have been two separate movies. It's always a risk of doing too many villains in one story. I think they could have worked if you would have dropped Chris Pine coming back and left Max Lord in. Yeah. Also, like, like, how do you go that. from the previous villain is Ares 
to Maxwell Lord. That was like, a, that was always going to be a problem there. Just yeah, like, <laughs> like they. I mean, and we you know we can kind of go back to like I really love the first movie, but they brought in too big a fish to fry. Um, but also it set up this whole premise of like they decided to go the route of Diana's origin story being that she is a demigod, being that she is daughter of Zeus, and so I wanted bigger fish to fry. I've never liked Diana as the daughter of Zeus. I'm not because... a fan of it either, and but that's the route that they took. And if that's the route that they took, I wanted them to commit to it. Well, the... or at least like, at least like, have her. I mean, like, because like, because in in the New Fifty Two, right? Mm-hmm. How they kind of move past that is that after she kills Ares, she takes on the mantle of it, and then you realize that she can't handle it because she doesn't want to create war, but being the god of war, that puts her at odds with herself and that tears her apart from the inside out right and so what it is is that Ares has to come back and she has to relinquish that man- that mantle which then kind of like while she still is a demigod she's not this overpowered like all-encompassing great character that you can no longer touch um so it kind of brings her back down to earth a little bit and they did nothing for her in that kind of sense of setting up the second movie um they kind of just left her at as a god killer and like, and, you know, that was the big premise was like, it's not a weapon that was the god killer. She was the god killer. And so you have this setup of a god killer and then kind of going into the second movie, she's like, oh, like my biggest gripe, leaving the, leaving the movie immediately. We'll just dive right into it. Is that, like, <laughs> it's like Diana spent an entire scene being wham wham baby. And like, I like, I spent every day giving to the world and I asked for nothing back and I'm fine with that. But like now I ask for this one thing and I can't have it. And it just seemed really disingenuine to her character. Like to me, like Diana like doesn't have these, these like these human follies or like these human wants and such. Um, And that is something that has always kind of stayed true of Wonder Woman is that like, yeah, like she likes things and she can love and such. But at the end of the day, she knows her purpose and that never ever kind of like is overshadowed and this one they just kind of let her fall so hard into that like lovesick ex-girlfriend widow trope or whatnot her being lovesick over steve trevor for 60 years 60 years a dude she banged once and knew for one yeah it's like they they, they didn't give the setup of the actual steve and diana like like journey right like that is like oh and, and it's because they put him in all for one they should have been in one day society that's when they meet i <laughs> <laughs> um i will give the one defense that i heard that kind of makes sense it is they definitely take the like true love 60 years later too far i get why she would be fucked up over steve considering he was there for like the moment that she left literal paradise Right. So mm-hmm. I get why Steve is really big for her, but there is definitely a thing there of like, damn girl, like just. Especially when she's half god. Yeah. She's half god. She's just not. It's not like get she's. Laid. You'll be fine. Like it's yeah. just. Um, like that... like Elysium exists, bitch. One day those <laughs> those fairy coins will lay on your eyes too. That said, I thought that the like chemistry between Steve and Diana was extremely adorable. Oh, they're great movie. together. They're, 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 I, the <laughs> scene where they pop up and again, consent issues aside and they're in bed and he's like, this is great. I'm just eating cheese and I've been drinking pots of coffee all morning. Like, yeah. That was, that was super was cute, cute couple I mean, thing in any movie. It would have I a hundred percent was sobbing my poor little eyes out when she had to say goodbye. Right. 
Um, and 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 I'm and I'm glad that they did wrap that part up with like Steve's like you don't have to say goodbye because I've I'm gone like I've been gone I never truly came back you know remember me <laughs> yeah it's time to say goodbye um, yeah. um but but what I what I will say to my gripe is that like if and this is all just assumption right if it was that the price of Steve coming back wasn't her losing her powers but her losing her her god status right like not mm. just the powers but like her losing everything that makes her amazonian makes her a god and such which then makes her fully human that would be a, that would make a little bit more sense See, and like and and i'm willing to welcome that but i feel like it's a stretch like i feel like i'm like picking at straws for this particular i didn't stage. originally why does steve have to be somebody else when the price she's paying is losing her powers Right. It's a wishing rock. Why couldn't it just yeah, be Steve? It could have just poofed him back. You're like, Steve. I yeah, really you're right. 100%. Um, hmm. I originally thought she was losing her powers because she wasn't being, like, true to herself. Like, you know, she's got the the lasso of truth. And she talks mm-hmm. about, like, the power is the lasso. The power is not me. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was one moment where she, like, lost the lasso and it stopped glowing or something. And I was like, oh, shit, is she, like, because she's not being true because she knows this isn't really Steve, is she losing her powers through that? But then it turned into magic wish monkey paw, which I feel like, as you said, we already had from just, but he's in the body of someone else. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I feel, just... I, feel like, I feel like that was just so weird. Like, I didn't like that he came back in someone else's body and in someone else's apartment. And then, like, also, he had, like, that whole, like, weird stalk. He was like, yeah, like, don't be weirded out, but I definitely stalked you. <laughs> right. And she's like, what? But also, it's like, how could you have been stalked and not have noticed that? As, like, trained as you are. I feel like um, that joke would have landed a bit better, again, if it wasn't in the 80s. It didn't feel like an 80s guy thing to say. Like, it was a little mm-hmm. more aware. Mm-hmm. Like, self-aware. I feel like part of the problem with this movie is that it tries to be... It can't decide what Eric's in. Too aware of now, like right. the, and 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 like I said, all of these things could have taken place in the last three years, and right. that would have been fine. Or it just it didn't know where it wanted to land, I guess, because yeah. there's nothing that really ties it into the '80s hard, other than apparently they wanted to use the '80s trope of body swapping. They didn't even give her swapping. big shoulder pads. <laughs> You're right. No. The other thing is, I suppose... Although her uh, costuming, like, still beautiful, right? But, like, not Mm -hmm. as grounded in the 80s as it could have been. Well, and the original one was pretty grounded in the era it came in, I want to say. Like, it did a better Mm -hmm. job at World War I than it did at all in the 1980s. Yeah, the only things I can think of that were 80s were uh, Max Lord's character Mm. is also, like, Gordon Gecko greed is good. Except then Mm -hmm. they don't put him on Wall Street. They make him after oil. Which, right. why not the 70s when there was actually an oil crisis? Right. Yeah, but there was a big oil boom in the 80s, so I kind of get that. Um, that was another one where they're like, Max Lord, like, there's good parts of him. Also, he's an oil tycoon, though, so I'm not really feeling... Also, um, it's like, half, like, this is hardly a Wonder Woman movie. It's almost the Max Lord movie. God, Pedro yeah, Pascal also, like, kills he, it, though. He causes World War III, right? He's, he's launching missiles. I hate that there's the cop out of... The only way to stop all this is to destroy the Dreamstorm or like tasting vaccines, guys. Like <laughs> just some tasting. Like, and and like okay, I like I never ever wish this upon movies, but like I feel like the 
the gravity of his actions should have resulted in his boy dying. Like, uh, yeah. Like I like I I I hate that the movie wrapped it up so neatly as he's like I see my son I've got to go save him I take it all back bye guys. I don't know if I would go kill the boy, but I definitely think that it's weird that like. But the thing is, he's causing death catastrophically on so many levels. I was right? sure the boy he's, was going to die. He was. I dead. just. Um... What are the like, rules on him being the Dreamstone? Because doesn't his yeah. son wish for his greatness and his power while touching him while he's the Dreamstone, and nothing happens with that? Yeah. Also, also like the boy had like no consequences, right? And and, the... and that is a. That is a big fucking wish. And the boy teleported like twice because he was hanging out in his office and he had to get uh, and Lord had to get like in a chopper to get taken to wherever the place was that he was um, broadcasting, broadcasting oh, mm-hmm. all of the stuff. And the boy goes from in the office to in a random highway, like wandering around to just motherfucking bursting out of the woods yeah, well, I Being think like, like, the up? woods might have been like the White House. Like, I don't know. But yeah, like, I, I'm i like, the boy cannot have run that far. No. 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 Uh, no. Yeah. But, so, so, like, I mean, like, but, like that is like, like I I hate that they allowed Maxwell Lord and, and to create that much havoc and destruction. And it is fixed with the simple, I take seats back seats. This movie should have been a lot more about Diana and Barbara. Yes. Before we jump to Barbara, just I'm thinking about Max Lord here because Max Lord, now, was, Pedro Pascal is fantastic. He's in that role. yeah, I like that man. Like that man is crazy. He's perfect for the role. Like I was really excited about it. I forgot how good he could act and like actually use his face because I'm used to just Mando. <laughs> yeah, where even when it's off, he only has the like fucking shell shocked face of like people can see me. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But Max Lord first appeared in a comic called Justice League International, which I've mentioned here, is one of my favorite superhero comic runs of all time. And Max was in that. And when I first saw this, I was like, Max isn't that bad. But then I thought back and Justice League International launched only, it would have been in like 1987 or 89, somewhere in that range of time. So only a few years after this was actually placed and was like, Oh, fuck, Max Lord really would have been that bad. Like, he was the 80s douchebag millionaire. Yeah. So they did it really well, and it kind of made me mad. <laughs> now we've been shitting on this for a little bit. So I do want to say, other than the very end of it, which I have a big problem with the way that the lesson was taught, I think the race sequence that opens the movie, I like so even more than the battle good. in the first yes, movie. Yes, that entire... Yeah. Okay, I, okay, not so shit on it some more. That was such a good setup of the lesson, and I feel like we lost it along the way. With like that first sequence, like it's like, like the, the lesson is like like cutting corners doesn't get you to where you want, basically, you right? Can't and cheat like, to win. It was kind of like this this convoluted, like weird, like it ended with a you can't have your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. I... Rather than. It was so good. It was the first sequence was so good. I don't like them teaching the lesson that way, but I like the race itself. The race itself mm-hmm. is good. The I lesson felt... was weird because, like, I didn't felt like she cheated. I like she faced adversity and worked around to fix it and still succeeded. I I don't have them a problem with them like not letting her finish because she's missed one of the things she was supposed to. It shoot. wasn't that. It was that like, she took a shortcut. Like yeah, she like I know. actually. Like, like, 
I don't think it should have been, though. I think it should have been mm-hmm. because she skipped part of the course. Like, the shortcut itself, that's just dealing with adversity when your ass gets knocked off a horse. That's mm-hmm. See, that was my problem with it. I Them doing that wouldn't have been a problem for me if she would have fallen behind and used that to try to kept keep up mm-hmm. if she would have just fallen behind naturally like yeah. she's tiny her leg her stride just isn't as she's big. literally she's, half the size of the woman mm-hmm. next to her yeah like, that some things are just gonna so if she would have noticed that and and jumped in to to the shoot and took the shortcut because she was falling behind and she needed to win then i would have understood it but in this case she had no idea that she still had you know, it was still going to be a challenge whether she took the shoot or not, because she still had to catch the horse. If that still kept running, they were still going to beat her. Right. And we're never given enough uh, information beforehand to know that they have to knock those out. Mm-hmm. At, at a certain point, it seems just like a placeholder or not a placeholder, yeah. but like a, a marker to, to show yeah. how far along in the race they are. Right. And with the amount of superhuman athleticism that had been shown, if she would have just took a branch and like boomeranged it to hit the marker while she was doing the shoot, would it still have counted? That just sounds awesome to me. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I 100% I believe she's physically of it, capable of doing it. A, a lot of it is that I wanted to show how much, like how much pride she had, mm. like, misplaced pride almost you know because like because at, at this point like she knows like she's like the shit right and mm-hmm. so and so like the reason why her ass is knocked off of the horse is because she got distracted because she was busy like mentally gloating that's fair which is why i was i mean but 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 i do get like it is kind of like emotional manipulation to like watch her like try to figure out a plan to still get back on the horse and do all this only to have her lose and it should have been better to have her fall behind and not have robin wright just tackle her outright you know yeah, I feel like the writers were too scared to show Wonder Woman being that shitty, even yeah. though that gives you a place to then grow. And it's what's supposed to be when she was a kid. Like, kids are shitty. Right. If you're going to show Wonder Woman having flaws, you have to actually commit to the idea that she has flaws. Yeah. Right. And also, I don't like, I personally don't like her being tackled and not even allowed to like throw Finish. the fucking spear. I felt like that was un, uh, unnecessarily humiliating. I feel like it yeah. would have been better to just like let her throw the spear and then they go to present something to the winner and just walk past her and hand it to the second place person because she didn't do it correctly. Or even just right. like catch it out of the air as opposed to like... I'm going like, to fucking like tackle you in yeah, front that, of an uh, entire uh, stadium of people. Small child, like how dare you, <laughs> seven-year-old? You worked through strength and adversity to finish... We know um, that you made it to the top of the mountain somehow, and you still made it down to the bottom, no matter how beating all of these fully trained Amazonian warriors. I think, but this, we can't let you have your fucking moment. I think this kind of sums up the problem with the movie. Like, there's real critiques in like the way they're telling the story and all this stuff, but at the same time, Themyscira Ninja Warrior was so goddamn cool. Like so cool. so cool. There are so many really good <laughs> moments, but the the like connective tissue of this movie is just so all over the goddamn map. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like really, after that moment passed, like as cool as it was, I forgot that it was even part of that same movie because mm-hmm. because it felt really out of place. 
And like I said, they, they lose track of the lesson because if anybody needs to learn not to take shortcuts, it's probably Barbara. Yeah. Who never gets a moment of that lesson. Right. Mm-mm. Right. Who doesn't get that lesson. And although she's also the one most tied to the, the bad guy, Diana has no connection to Max Lord. She's simply taking him down because he's threatening humanity. Max Lord is a bad, is directly a bad guy for Barbara in this. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It was kind of weird when he was suddenly like, yes, Diana, here's this thing. And I'm like, aren't you a little bit surprised that she has superpowers? Like, all of you are accepting this remarkably easily. Yeah. Um, hmm. <laughs> also, kind of like going back to thought. Steve, like... I just keep thinking of, like, enjoying... And I'll still say, you know, did you have fun watching this movie? Oh, yeah, I sure did. Yes. But, hmm... I know. Okay, also, like, going back to Steve, like, she has known from the beginning that she is going to outlive that motherfucker in the blink of an eye. And so having her still clinging on to him in that way and then having so much trouble letting go, like, that just doesn't sound realistic because she's known from the beginning that she has to let go. Like, she's going to live forever, probably, unless another god killer comes around and takes her out next, right? Again, I can kind of see it. Fucking human. Uh, Because, like... Part of it felt like she never got to say goodbye to me in the previous one. And that's part of what fucked her up. Like, because she was getting shit kicked. But, and he's like, well, I'm going like, to go I fucking, like, like, disappear Captain America like, style now. Um, <laughs> but, like, with, like, the history of the Amazon and stuff, like, death is such, like, a normal thing. Yeah. In, in all of Greek mythology, right? Like, which is, like, where the roots of Wonder Woman come from. You know, like, aside from Orpheus, who, like, tries and fails. But, like you know where they go next and like you've been there yeah and so i i just i don't know it's hard because i like it so much but also it's not good it is a complete nonsense of a movie you're correct there (laughs) Um, steve do not fly a fucking jet through fucking fireworks <laughs> don't also, do it also steve how do you know what a jet is they didn't really de- exist until world war ii no but, like no he's like he's like i know he's like i got it how hard could it be and then and then she does the same thing to the zeus magic and i'm like what it's not as egregious, but it reminded me of uh, Superman's wall-repairing eye vision in, what is that, Superman 4? Oh. Three or four. Where yeah, he, like, I think it's four. Shoots his eye beams at the Great Wall of China, and it fixes the Great Wall. Like, it's clearly not as insane as that, everything to do with that sentence. Yeah. But, uh, like, it was just really out of nowhere of, like, by the way, I can cast magic. Are you ever going to bring She's this like, up again? Maybe. I'm sure I'm not, sure. not going to do it. The, it. the bringing up Superman bit reminds me. So I, uh, when you showed up earlier, Zach, I, I did have the movie going mm-hmm. as I was just refreshing myself right before we started this. And you pointed out to me, well, this pacing wise, uh, things about this movie feel like a pre Iron Man superhero movie. And I agree. And I think that might be part of the problem because... I think they kind of just made this movie as uh, Superman, the movie. Dick Donner's Superman, the movie. And they just threw Diana in the Clark Kent role. But she doesn't do the same things Clark does. She doesn't deal with people in the same way. She doesn't deal with power in the same way. 
Also, it just doesn't seem connective to the rest of the DC universe. Like, I don't think they're at, even trying on that front. And, at, I mean, right? Like, it's like at no point in any of the other DC movies that you know chronologically will fall after this movie do they mention World War Three, right? <laughs> like, or like, or like new, like, like that is like big shit that I feel like these superheroes like don't really let go of, like. I feel like Batman would have been like, yeah, do y'all remember when nuclear weapons just launched and then disappeared? Like, He's like, cool. I was like four. Like, that would have been like a transformative moment for me. Yes. You know? like, they built right? the wall all around Bialya in like 15 seconds. Yeah. Like, this, and so you're right. I, I think they just didn't even try. When like, when they've built this kind of, when they've kind of, generalized like mapped out the universe a little bit like it's like they had no direction right mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. just kind of decided to like pluck it out of the universe and then place it back in kind of in how like they're like writing cyborg out like i'm like that's okay. because ray fisher and wb cannot be in the same room together anymore <laughs> yeah, but... yeah but but they're not recasting cyborg either now they Cyborg's should just, just use cyborg from uh doom patrol because he's been doing great but <laughs> just... It's confusing <laughs> enough already to keep up with continuity. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, also, like, going back to the Kingdom Come armor, like, that is, like, the entire movie poster. I was hoping for so much with it, and all it got was, oh, yeah, like, this one Amazon that, like, is, like, really big in our history that we've never heard of before. She wore it, and this one when I went to Earth, like, or, like, when I went to Man's World, I found it, but I, like, didn't find her, and that was it. That was it. Yeah. Like, she, like, and also, like, Barbara's claws tore through that. Like, that is Amazon fucking grade magic, bitch. Like, that actively slowed down her fighting. Like, you could see it. She's not used to wearing all of that extra armor. She's like, fuck, that Mm -hmm. sucks. I've worn too much armor before in a fight. It's. Also, at that point, Diana knows how to fly. (laughs) Also, her whole flying thing, like, very sweet moment. She looked dumb as hell. It didn't. Yeah, this is part of where they couldn't quite figure out the the level of camp versus realism. Sometimes her powers, they went with like very over-the-top classic comic book-y feel, but it doesn't fit in with everything else, so, you know, it looks dumb as hell. Like, I think if... Right, whereas, like, it's like they've had characters fly before, like, in all of cinematic history, right? Like, we know how to show people flying. She looked dumb as hell. I think there's a way that this, like, in a different movie, in a different feel it wouldn't have looked as dumb, but because they were ricocheting between the two is why it looked like so, like, God, this is just wrong. I I definitely preferred her lassoing the lightning because that at least yes. felt like something a god would do. Mm. It was yes. so over the top that I just didn't care at yeah. that point. Like, mm-hmm. like, yep, that's, I'm in. That, that looked cool. Um, she does kind of web shooter with her lasso a lot in this. Yeah, as much as I liked her lassoing the lightning, like the entire mall set piece really bugged the shit out of me, just choreography wise. It felt like they had 10 images that they wanted, like 10 shots that they wanted to make sure we have Diana framed in front of this. She's using her lasso in front of this. She's doing this. And then made sure they all happened with not making sure at all that the choreography to move between those things made actually any sense whatsoever. Also, Diana, if you want to be a mystery, I put mean, a mask on. Put a fucking mask on. <laughs> or just, you know, don't transform into the bright, like, super bright metallic red and gold and blue. Like, just wear what you're fucking wearing most of the time. That's a superhero yeah. thing I realize in general, but, like, 
Wonder Woman's never been an I operate in the dark kind of thing, but never. they wrote themselves into a corner with um, Batman versus Superman, where like before that era, Wonder Woman was she like a legend, exist. like she wasn't really there. Yeah. Which is why you shouldn't have made it in World War One. <laughs> <laughs> she appears in Man's World in the 21st century. It varies. In some versions, she showed up in World War Two. But they already, the first movie was already halfway Captain America, the first Avengers. So they were like, well, let's change the war. Now it'll be totally different that a pilot named Steve disappears on a plane and crashes it to save all of mankind. Yeah. I kind of knew it wasn't going to happen, but a part of me, like, kept my fingers crossed that uh, the native guy from the first one was going to show back up in this one. Yeah, because there were so many times of him being also a demigod. Yeah. And, like, uh, she he would have been so cool that that would have elevated it. Like, crazy, I didn't even think about that. Like, going back to, like, God Killer, like, you gave this bitch God status, do something with it. <laughs> do something with it. Like, like at no point does she have any connection to the Pantheon. The last 60, 70 years, they just left her there. Like, she killed your God of War. What happened with that? That's a really good Traditionally, question. Traditionally, killing a God does not, like, go unreturned. No. That's actually a really good question. I didn't even think about that. Why but has there if, been even no if she repercussions had his for Ares? Ass and that was it. Again, gods are petty as fuck. Like, would not have gone unnoticed. I like that we went into Especially, this thinking Phoenix was going to be the one that liked this movie the most, and she's gotten the maddest at it. The whole I mean, time. I do like it. <laughs> I just like don't like the little things that put it together. But if you keep them apart, I do like. It. I'm sorry, I interrupted your point there, though. Go. No, that's okay. Um, no, I was saying like also like. Zeus having another child out there, like, big deal, right? Hera doesn't turn a blind eye to that either. Like, that's that's how 52 went, was that, like, they were like, we kept you hidden because Hera would have reciprocated. Like, she would have gotten revenge. That's a bad, bad, bad thing to do. And also, like, it's not just that, like, Diana's, like, half, like, human, half different. She's half Amazon, so she's half two mythical, magical, godlike beings, Mm-hmm. Do something with it. Do something with it. <laughs> um, oh, so she tiara magics her tiara. <laughs> Why? It's true. You don't take off your headband. Have Have either of you at any point ever considered a cheetah to be an apex predator? No. No, in fact, the cheetah is repeatedly suffering because it is about as far from the apex predator as you can get while still being a big cat. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, it's got camouflage fur. <laughs> it's got camouflage fur and is fast. Like, yeah. cheetah's like, pretty cool. The design... <laughs> the design would have worked in a comic book, I feel like. It didn't translate well into real life. I think you can do... Uh, Cat Anthropomorphic. woman yeah. thing and still make it work. Like, it didn't... I was... Up until that point, I was disappointed because I was like, is your cheetah really going to be the cheetah just because she's wearing a fucking cheetah skin jacket? But, like... But then the other thing made it worse. And you're like, <laughs> then the, go, yeah, back, okay. go back to the Can jacket. Can we go back to the jacket? Like, I'll fucking <laughs> super friends this up. That's fine. And that's... <laughs> that was all kind of weird, too, just because, like... One of the biggest criticisms of the first movie, even from people that loved it, is okay, but the last, like, ten minutes still devolves into a CGI slugfest. So we're just going to move that last ten minutes up about ten minutes and put something else after, but that's still going to happen in this movie, even mm-hmm. though everyone hated that happening. Yeah. And not only are we going to do that, but 
we're going to do that in the most washed out shadowy section of this entire movie we're so that we don't actually how does, how does Diana electrocute Barbara but like not come out and like I'm like you're both in the water no idea. yes no idea. yes that, like <laughs> also like okay like one, one, one of the coolest fights of Diana and Barbara is like Barbara like ricochets off of walls right like she uses all that space to her advantage and Diana has to find a way to to narrow that space down so that Barbara can't do that. They don't even touch on that. Like, I'm like, that is like one of like the coolest things that is a reoccurring kind of fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just had her be a bruiser in this one. Yeah, and like, you guys aren't bruisers, I don't know what you guys, but. Also, she's a god. Again, I know we've covered this also, about 15 times today. He's plucking today, but... those feathers like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> um, with Barbara, I mean, beyond the fact that we already said we wanted this to be a gay romance between Diana and Barbara, her turn to villainy is part of what made this movie, when I said it felt like 10 years old to me, the one time, the the thing that really is like, oh, she's a bad guy now, is a same dude tries to assault her twice, and we have like 15 different guys in like a 30-second scene fucking creep on her, and she almost kicks a dude to death because she's done with it. And we're like, oh, she's evil now. And I was like, girl, if you changed the music to this background, I'd be like, go, girl, go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, like, don't kick someone, as a general rule in life, don't kick people to death. I understand that. But especially in the kind of Me Too era, watching this woman stand up for herself, I was like, yeah. And I'm like, wow, you just made this, like, the bad thing really, really fast. Mm -hmm. Also, like... Her wish was pretty specific. She's like, oh, no, we more like Diana, more popular, like more beautiful, all this stuff. And so I feel like because her wish was so specific, turning her into an Amazon, like, eh, didn't really quite work out. In that, like, giving her Amazonian powers and then having her be like, oh, these are, this is what Diana's really like. Like, she is special, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, um, she was so chill about that. She, like, yeah. out of nowhere was like, obviously, it's because I wished on that dream stone, as opposed to yeah. just being like, also, wow, like people are like, nice Barbara to me is, She's like, she's like, isn't it some kind of dream stone? And Diana just glosses over, like I said earlier. I'm like, that is a big fucking deal. Yeah. Like, that is a big deal. And then for her to, like, gloss her over to then only have this big reaction to the text, like, which tells her the same fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was hmm. like, Ugh. But then also, like, for, for a moment there, I did, there was a part of me that did think that because of Barbara's wish, Diana was losing her powers because Diana, because Barbara was taking them. I thought that too at one moment. That's yeah. what it should have been. And it should have been that, yeah. Can I, with that in mind, can I just throw out what my perfect version of this movie would be? Because okay. I've been thinking about it all day. All right, go ahead. I, I, think I, I think I can do this pretty quickly. Diana encounters the Dreamstone first. While wistfully looking at a picture of Steve, wishes that she could find love again. Steve never shows up. Instead, that's when Barbara comes into the picture. They go out, have that really, have an actually like cute, nice date to start. Which is what they had. Right. But should have been an actual date. But, and then uh, Barbara makes her wish, but instead like, I wish I could be like Diana after like having this great time with her and seeing like being infatuated with her being like, Oh my God, she's so great. Mm -hmm. I wish I could match up to this starts because of the dreamstone fucking fucky shit starts siphoning her power, not knowing it changing the, you have a, a balance of power in their relationship changing 
as they start to know each other more and she's gradually changing her like Mm -hmm. siphoning her power getting to know her getting to realize why the world needs wonder woman later on when it's eventually obviously revealed that she becomes wonder woman at some point wonder woman's still hung up on the fact on steve thinks that he should have been the one to show up because of this wish and so can't fully commit to barbara yet which leads max lord when he pops in to be an exciting prospect for a love triangle for Barbara because he's already her fucking villain in this movie. Yeah. And then it's more about Diana learning honestly how to treat Barbara better, which she probably should have in this fucking movie because she's a terrible fucking friend after that first little date. Yeah, also, I can't imagine that, like, Diana doesn't know how to socially interact. Yeah. Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. A little bit of uh, stupid for plot reasons going on in every in every single character in this too, like not like, just Diana. Been, but also, like at no point do they talk about like her journey trying to survive sixty years of like she has to move from place to place, right? Because she's an age. She's like find a job, like. Well, and she's still working in the what is that? The Smithsonian, mm-hmm. right? Fucking in the uh, Batman versus in, Superman, in Batman, and then yeah. the, the the like opening scene of Wonder of the first Wonder Woman. So she's just been hanging out there for 40 years now. And they're like, oh, hey, what's up, Dave? And so then, yeah, then you end up having it be more about those two and their power back and forth between each other and Barbara coming to realize why the world needs a Wonder Woman. Them having, you know, problems leading up to that. I don't know. This is what I came up with in a fucking morning. But yeah. Yeah. so that it's more in between these three characters and just keep Steve the fuck out of it. Other than the fact that Diana doesn't accept the fact that Barbara might be her love because she's still too busy hung, being hung up on Steve. That and is... then, and then you give a reason where reason at the end, one or the other, or both are heartbroken for different reasons for why the end right. plays out, which then gives a really good reason why they have to meet back up again which they're obviously going to in the way this movie ended anyway. Literally my only critique of your thing over this one is my favorite part of this movie was the chemistry between Steve and Diana. Um, But yeah, you're right. On every point of that, that actually was a more sensical way. Just back on Maxwell Lord for a sec, because I forgot to mention this earlier. Max Lord has mental powers in, um, in the comics it is weird to me that their way of deciding how are we going to deal with a telepath of all things is let's make him Dr. Destiny's magic wishing rock. Right. Like if you wanted to do Max's powers, that seems like such a weird way of going about it. Also, man, that plan is like super weird that you're like the way I'm going to make it big when I find this magic wishing rock instead of wishing I wish I could make it big was I wish I was the mas- magic wishing rock. Yeah. Like he, like, well, and, and it kind of like it, it touches on how he's had this big plan for a long time, but it's such a brief touch on it that it like doesn't seem connected. Right? And it's it how like, the connective tissues are so weak here. How did you come up with this plan? Every yeah, like, part of I it is like, banana pants. Mm-hmm. Right. Also it's like, it's like Diana then like sees his paperwork and then like, drops the paperwork and like is like oh this is like a big deal or whatever right like but then but then you remember how like when she was first looking at the, at the dreamstone and she was looking at the ring she was talking about how like that is like an indicator of like god's meddling on like humanity and so 
I would have thought that it was the ring itself that was the dream stone and not the not thing that it helps. And she just thing. leaves the ring there. <laughs> like, and, and so I feel like the ring was kind of useless unless it was like a binder, like unless it was like chains of sorts to prevent the powers, which obviously is not the case because they were still making wishes, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh. You could have had it that, like, if you had it as like a binder that, you know, it kept it from going too overboard or something like that. And once the ring right. broke it's, off. Right, it's some sort of like, like limiter. But then she like, she sees this ring, she sees the inside, she has a meltdown. But then she leaves it behind. You guys are right. Also, also like Barbara, Barbara being like a like socially inept, like nerd professional, I don't think would have ever actually given away the gemstone. Like no matter how infatuated. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Like that is like a high fist, like high security facility. It is the weird old school comic book movie trope of the villain. And it's almost always in the sequel that this villain pops up. But this villain with really thick glasses and a really bad haircut. It was the 80s. It's not Barbara's fault in this case. Like, pops up, gets obsessed with the hero, and then goes evil. Like, Electro in Amazing Spider-Man 2. I was about to say, this is my favorite version of Electro. The Matt Dillon fucking Electro. Or uh, uh, the the Riddler in Batman Forever goes through the same thing. Or or, uh, Catwoman. Yeah. Batman Returns. Literally any version of Catwoman, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, even in a sense, like, Harley Quinn, right? Like, mm. she's, like, the way that mm-hmm. she is because of her obsession with the Joker. Yeah. So. Also, if you're already going to make her a nerd, then don't... Like, this is just going to go back around to the fact that wishing to be an apex predator and then turning out to be a cheetah is just really fucking stupid. Yeah. Just have her be nerdy about cheetahs. Make her fucking Charlie Day in Pacific Rim. Just right. being all about something. Fucking love cheetahs. And so, yeah. And, and doesn't it make sense when she takes on the alias cheetah? Mm-hmm. So she's working in, like, a Smithsonian. Like, it would make sense. Yeah. Her... Like, I want to be popular. Maybe it's just because I associate the term popular with like high school so heavily, but mm-hmm. it felt like a, a a wish of a much younger person than Barbara is. Not that she's like, yeah. not that that actress is old by any stretch of the imagination, but it felt like such a teenager thing to be like, I wish I was the cool popular girl. Yeah. When, yeah. When she's already like at the top of her field. Yeah, you have like exactly. Eight also, PhDs. like I, I do Calm feel like in down. a facility such as that, like she wouldn't have been ignored the amount that she was, right? Like no. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like those teams are like pretty specialized. Like they are selected for a reason. Also, like you're all nerding out together. Like I don't think that there's any field in in the facility, like in the in like a in like a lab next to you that you wouldn't want to be like, ooh, can I please see that? You yeah, know? if she had that many PhDs, she probably would have just been the coolest person in the Smithsonian. Exactly. Like, yeah, everybody would have had something they would have been able to talk to her about because she would have known about it all because of these exactly. multiple PhDs. And also the cryptozoology line. She's like, she's like, oh, I've got PhDs in this, 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 and cryptozoology. Which one, where the fuck do you get a PhD in cryptozoology? And two... I feel like that's a setup for something to make her into a cheetah person yeah, like, later, not like, through I, magic like, I like, had wished, like, at dinner mm. or something, like, and I would have been like, so, like, tell me about this cryptozoology thing. And she's like, I, like, like cheetahs. She's <laughs> like, like, I don't know about like you, that. but, like, they cool. Like, this is, like, their history. She's like, do you want to, like, 
do you want to see? And like, then it can either be like, ooh, that's kind of weird, but at least it gives us a setup. Look, if you know? you're giving me a scientist with cryptozoology as a thing, who I know is going to turn into a cheetah lady, that just means that she is going to inject cheetah blood into herself and see what happens. Like, that is like, that is what that setup for the plot is, that they just kind of yeah. decide to go with magic instead. You can also, even if you don't give it a magic setup, it's a super nerdy setup for her to still be into cheetahs. Because yeah. we normally think of cryptozoology and cryptids as being like Bigfoot. Uh -huh. Technically, a cryptid is also an animal that is somewhere where it should not be. The sightings, of, that. Okay. sightings of big cats around the world are a very big thing and are also counted as cryptids. A fucking cheetah showing up in the fields of England is a cryptid. She could still be into fucking big cats... And a cryptozoologist. That actually makes more sense, too. That's good. And still end up being Cheetah. But they don't do any of these things. Literally none of this movie makes sense. I'm just like... <laughs> I'm sorry, I look blown away here, and you guys can't see it through the, you know, uh, famously visual <laughs> medium of podcasting. It. But, like, I knew this movie was a mess, but the more we talk about it, like, there isn't a single scene that, like... Our resolve for this movie crumbles as we go on. Yeah! <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Will I watch it again? Yeah, I will. I, oh, yeah. Will, will I still cry? Yeah, of course. But, like, is it a good movie? Like, <laughs> I think it's a really good example for me of just because I like something doesn't mean it's good, or just because it's, something's good doesn't mean I have to like it. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things also, that are think, extremely good that I'm like, ah, I just don't feel it. I think it was really one of those things where they're like, people are so into Wonder Woman at this point, we can do anything and people will still flock to see it. And they were wrong. Well, people still flock to see it, but they're people not. People still they were flock wrong to see about it. We can do anything. Yeah. Um. They can do Yeah, right. People still flock to see it. But I think that the follow-up to that is that after that first wave went to go watch it, there was a second wave that happened to see if they were really right. You know, like, where they're like, oh, it was a bad movie. And they're like, oh, well, let me just watch it just to see, like, was it what you think? Or, like, is it really not that good? You know? Mm -hmm. No, it, it really is that bad. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah, like, they, they clickbaited us. <laughs> Oh my god. This Assholes. movie might be more nonsensical than Venom, and Venom was one of the dumbest superhero movies I've ever seen and had fun at again. I still but, haven't yeah. watched it. That's okay. We don't have to. No, I have to. No, I love Tom just, Hardy. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I maybe to. for Tom Hardy. I'll give you that. I have to. Okay. Okay, but can we talk about, like, the epilogue? Can we talk about something good? Yes. The epilogue? Say, oh. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Yes. I was going to say, let's talk about something good to finish this off on, because just, like... We have feelings about this movie. It sucked. Yeah. But Asteria okay, and Linda Asteria, fucking like, Carter. I hope that that is a setup to like have Diana find her in the future, right? Like, or some, or something, something, right? Because like, there's no way that Am the two Amazons could have existed on the Earth and not have had one like rumors spreading about them. But to like, like, in in my opinion, and I truly believe this in like that particular universe like especially between like the bond of amazons and the fact that they are magical at their core like you have to feel that energy like there's mm -hmm. no way Very and so like doctor who i'd be able to sense another time lord kind of energy kind, there. kind yeah. of thing yeah exactly right because like because there are like like magical creations like creations of of the gods of the pantheon and so like i was kind of disappointed when she kind of was like oh i, I like i looked for her but i only found her armor so like she's probably gone like no no, look harder. <laughs> right. But also, like, like, there's, there's no you. way that, like, Linda Carter or Asteria, who also, like, they've, like, they they just, 
threw her in there. Like there is no Asteria character that is any kind of pivotal or important. Like the name shows up like twice, I think. I don't even mind introducing a character. I mean, Harley Quinn first appeared which, in a cartoon before she ever appeared in a comic book. Yeah, which um, like, which like, it's totally fine. Right? Like, it, I mean, what I meant to say is like, it's like we can't really like, dig to find any more like plot stuff. Like she's completely new for this particular version of the universe. Mm-hmm. But like, like there's no way that Estrella could have gone on living for this long because at this point we're we're imagining like hundreds of years, right? Possibly mm-hmm. thousands. I mean, that was ancient like, Greece. Possibly thousands. So... Yeah, like this is like this is like pre-man's age basically like this is at that pinnacle of mythology where man drove the amazons to their to themiscira kind of thing right there's no way that she could have survived that long and not have had this trail of like mythology and histories like it'd be really cool right. if they did that and then like that'd be a good third movie like throwing this idea out there now right as as, as it's forming like and like this is kind of like really just nerdy in left field and probably like will not happen because it is so out there. Honey, this but is the like, place for that. It would be so cool if Asteria is kind of like the core of a lot of like female myths and legends around the world. Oh. Of like of like people of great beauty like Helen of Troy or um what is of Dracula? Mila of Dracula? What is Mila Harker um, or whatever it is? Mina. Mina. Mina, yeah. Like Mina of Dracula, like like kind of like that thing of like, and it'd be like a really cool spinoff, but it just like by the time Diana meets up with her, right? Like, it's like she is the source of a lot of these powerful, beautiful myths and legends that have spanned like the the world because she's been around for so fucking long. There is an Iron Fist story where Danny Rand finds out, and it's a comic book, so unlike the TV show, it's actually pretty good. Um, but Danny Rand finds out that there is someone who was the Iron Fist before he was mm-hmm. and like formed all of these legends about the Iron Fist that he kind of like accidentally tapped into just because he didn't realize he was like the second in a line of Iron Fists. Mm. And you could have done that exact same thing here. Like, right. oh, look, there was basically a Wonder Woman before me that I just didn't know about, but I'm right. starting to find the shape of her. Well, yeah, even though... <laughs> Even though DC movies and TV side have already established a multiverse, in my head, Asteria was one of her... Wonder Woman of Earth 2? Huh? Wonder Woman of Earth 2? No, she, in my head, was already gone undercover for a couple years as the president in Supergirl Season 1. Oh, yeah, because she is in that. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm I'm glad to see Linda Carter get good things out of being Wonder Woman, because for a while, she was real not on board with the fact that she had been Wonder Woman. She didn't... She got typecast for it. She didn't really want to be remembered for it. And dudes were creepy as fuck to her. So bad. Like, so many people were just like, oh, yeah, Wonder Woman. You know what I did with you? A picture of you in that costume as a teenager? And you're like, get the police called on you, which I'm about to do? Like, Yeah, (laughs) don't speak to me or my son ever again. I'm going to call HR right now. (laughs) Fucking get off. I mean, okay, there is a way to fix everything, guys. Out. Out is what I meant to say. (laughs) You you Flashpoint Paradox everything. I don't like Flashpoint, but I'll fucking take it for... I mean, listen, at this point, like, it is a hard reset. Yes, Mm -hmm. no, for fixing this, I'll give you that. Fixing it all. Their best choice is to pull a Taika Waititi Thor Ragnarok and just not really have anything to do with the previous movies with Mm -hmm. number three. And I mean, Jenkins isn't a bad director, so they can do it. Right. Well, and I, they already know how to do the marketing for a movie that <laughs> to make it look like Ragnarok through marketing. 
Yeah. <laughs> Whether that, you know, comes true on screen. God, right. Cool. Part of this movie reminds me of there is an era of Wonder Woman, uh, kind of like the mod era in the 70s, where I think it was Denny O'Neill changed the character of Wonder Woman by like banishing her from Themyscira, removing all of her powers. She starts wearing like a white cat suit and she becomes a secret agent. As you do. As you do. As but, that, like, yeah. for this brief time, they're like, you want to write Wonder Woman? And he's like, yeah, but I'm going to change literally every single thing about her. <laughs> and I don't, like, the look is even good. It's an interesting choice, but it was so, like, we're going to completely abandon everything that makes sense about Wonder Woman. And this isn't that exactly, but it kind of felt like that. And if you were going to do a story of Wonder Woman losing her powers, then having her become the super agent, like, behind the scenes thing would have been a better way of going about this. Yeah. And that would have made her trying to keep her identity secret make more sense. Mm-hmm. Because even a white jumpsuit is going to be less ostentatious. And is she just wearing that armor under her shirt? I don't know. That is a, that is a very, <laughs> yes. very good question. Also, it's like she hasn't made any friends. She has no families. Who is she trying to protect by keeping it a secret? Nobody. Yeah, there's this Literally Captain America nobody. comic from the 70s where he gets knocked out and they, like, open up his shirt to prove he's Captain America and he's wearing his shield under his shirt. <laughs> and, like, somehow just nobody noticed in this. And that's what this made me think of. <laughs> <laughs> I've worn armor before. That's not something you're going to hide. No. Yeah. Man, I just wish this movie was better. <laughs> I really do, too. I mean, and, and I do hope that they will make more like they've already announced a third one because they made mad money on this the first day yeah um well and 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 it kind of goes back to like because someone had made a post about how they're like well why is it that we still get so many batmans in spider-man movies when some of them are garbage and like people are calling for like the like retirement of wonder woman already you know nothing where it's like it's like why do men's movies get redos and second chances and third chances and fourth chances when they're shitty. And like, you guys are like hating on this one movie now. And it's like, yeah, it wasn't a bad movie, but I still do hope that like we're able to course correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, like we said, the actors killed it this entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, everybody was fantastic. There was great, like, uh, but the writing was just gal and Chris had amazing chemistry. Uh, Kristen Wiig we might have shot all over Cheetah, but I'd love her in every. Kristen Wiig was was good. Yeah, none of the, really none of her. the problems we had with Cheetah had anything to do with Kristen Wiig. No, so I think that like yeah, Pedro, fantastic. Pedro, fantastic. I his teleporting son, a little harder to swallow. <laughs> the kid was a little obnoxious. He was so in love with his dad. I'm like, no, seriously, your dad. Is the worst. And, and and he seemed kind of to be at this age where, like, he shouldn't have really hero-worshipped his dad so much, you know? Like, like for being a shitty dad. You know, like, when they first had the flashback of seeing Max Lord's, like, childhood when there's, like, see the truth, I thought that was the... He was seeing, like, his kid's truth for some reason. Like So I thought, mm-hmm. like, young Max Lord was the kid, and we were seeing how shitty the rest of his non-Maxwell Lord life was, which would be why his son was, like... So in yeah. love with him. And it didn't make a whole ton of sense to the storyline right there. But 
it at least, I don't know, like it would have given more flavor to what's his, I don't even remember the kid's name. Um, I, he I, yelled I, it I, nonstop. Alex? I don't remember it. It was like a three or four. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Grogu. Yeah. Grogu. Yes. He was just coming. hundred percent. Grogu. Uh, also, I'll just take a movie that's 100% Amazonian Ninja Warrior. Mm-hmm. Yes, that I would love to just see the Trials of Diana. Why can't you do a Trials of Diana movie? In there was a comic Demon Knights that had a another Amazon character in it, but in like fantasy medieval times. So mm-hmm. with like this one and the Shining Knight and Etrigan the Demon and Vandal Savage and stuff, and I just kind of want to. Oh man, Etrigan the Demon is so good. I kind of honestly, I just want a Demon Knights movie by like. Patty Jenkins, who has proven she can do awesome Amazon fantasy stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. more stuff like that. Do an Amazon's prequel that isn't about Wonder Woman, but about some of the Amazons from before, and still let us have that crazy-ass world that they set up for it, that we're just not getting yeah. enough time, yeah. because we keep insisting on going into Man's World for some bizarre reason. Yeah, like, there's a reason why the Amazons didn't do Man's World for a while, guys. <laughs> we They didn't like it. Yeah. It didn't go it's well not, for It's anyone. not good. Um, I don't know. I think I said what I, I need to say about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it is welcome to group therapy session for Wonder Woman 84. Um, <laughs> if you want a popcorn movie, sure. If you want a movie that you're actually going to have to, like, put some thought into, no. I'll go out on one more, like, happy note. Oh, okay, good. That's, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, no, no. Because I didn't mention as much, you know, once again, as much uh, shit as we've thrown at parts of this movie, like, Steve geeking out at the Aerospace Museum made me cry. So I did! That was, was a very so powerful sweet. thing. Him going down the escalator was weirdly adorable. Being like, what is this? <laughs> this right. is like him just, like, wanting to wear different outfits. Or, like, that whole, like, I'm like, okay, like, give, yeah, like, I'm like, that's, like, that's the content that I like. And, like, I don't know where else it would have fallen. Right, like that. Those are the things that I did like about the movie, um, but I just don't know where else like we could have put it, ever, unless they had introduced Steve at the correct time and place in her life. I could have just watched for like days. Those two just being adorable together. Yeah, like, I'm like, I was just like, <laughs> like in, okay, erase Barbara, erase Maxwell Lord. Just give me Steve and Diana exploring. Yeah, DC. <laughs> oh. What's the big plot of this? I don't know. Just fucking Dreamstone. He's only here for twenty four hours. Fucking yeah. romantic comedy in a superhero movie now. Like Exactly. Oh, and there was one little little story bit that came out of when this movie dropped that I kind of really liked. Yeah. Because it involved somebody being really cool and sticking up for a part of this movie and telling some idiots online to, to fucking fuck off. In the scene... Oh, one of the times towards the end of the movie when they're walking through the mall and encounter the group of punks, mm-hmm. one of them's wearing a Cro-Mag shirt. When the movie came out, a bunch of people online were like, fucking Patty Jenkins doesn't know her shit. That fucking album came out in 1986. Like, this is supposed to be Wonder Woman 84. What the fuck's it doing? And the lead singer of the Cro-Mags was immediately like, fuck off all of you. The first bits of that album were pressed in 84. I know because me and the guitarist funded it our fucking selves. I gave that shirt to Patty to put in this movie because me and her have been friends since the 80s. That's awesome. Yes, that is so cool. <laughs> I am all for shitty neckbeard fans 
getting like like oh my gosh like like those fans that like that shit on Natalie Portman for wearing like the Star Wars shirt and mm. like, you don't know what you're talking about and they're like bitch mm. she was in it <laughs> yeah like she was she was important in it <laughs> she was in three of them how many Star Wars movies have you been in <laughs> <laughs> um I did also like the scene where they're walking by the dancers and like Steve's like startled by it um, they're, oh, like, yeah. they're dancing, they're dancing, and he's like wowed by break dancing. Dance? Yes, Steve being fish out of water, like that's beyond just the chemistry. The entire th- time of Steve being like, "This, everything about this is great." Yes, was a lot. He's like, and like, and like, he's like, he's like, he's like looking at a trash can, and he, she's like, "That's not art; it's just trash." Oh, oh, it's a trash can. <laughs> like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've been eating pop tarts and drank three pots of coffee. I'm like, yeah, Steve, you enjoyed that, and like. The, the there's cheese everywhere, which cheese makes sense. Everywhere. In World War One, there wouldn't have been. Uh, I mean, cheese fridges, everywhere. Yeah, fridges weren't a thing in the way that they are now. So cheese would have been a much like more difficult commodity to keep. Yeah. So with the unlimited access to cheese, I can hundred percent see how like the last, you know, he's been living in World War One too. Mm, right. Ugh. Yes, I'm probably gonna go eat some when I get home. Like. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. And I'm glad that we ended with the things that like we liked best. Yeah, I was gonna like, I, I do stand alone. I did really enjoy Steve. Yeah. He was great. It's like every other part of this plot, bad, character, good. Character yeah. great. Actor, great. Director, great. Script. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, do we have any recommendations for this week? Again, I'm asking this like we don't have this literally every episode. <laughs> Uh, I can do mine if you're, you, you've got your thinking face going on. Okay. So one I didn't originally plan to put in, but I'm going to mention here because we're talking about Wonder Woman, the secret history of Wonder Woman. And I wish I knew that actress or not actress, that author's name, because that book is legit incredible. It is the history of William Moulton Marston and the kind of early feminist movement that developed around Wonder Woman. It is one of the most beautifully researched comic books well not a comic but book about comics that i have ever seen in my life by jill lapore jill lapore thank you so much that was bugging the crap out of me um so if you were interested in you know the man who invented wonder woman and the lie detector at the same time in his life uh definitely check that out my other one is a recommendation with a caveat I really like this band I'm about to mention. They are not the greatest musicians in the world, but I respect them for, like, the choices they make. It's called Five-Year Mission, and it is these four fucking Star Trek nerds that decided that they wanted to make a song for every episode of the original series. Hmm. And so it's just, like, year one, year two. Their third album is called Trouble with Tribbles, and it's literally just about the episode Trouble with Tribbles, and like one episode is modeled after, or one song is modeled after the Beastie Boys, but it's the Klingons yelling about Kirk. And like, it's not the greatest music I've ever seen, but the entire concept of it is so fun of like, I'm, I'm so glad that the internet exists, that people can do stuff like this and find an audience for it because it's clever and interesting and it's trying things that you're not going to find elsewhere. Right. All right. I got one now. All right. I got okay. one now. This this movie made me think of a good one. My love of Kristen Wiig started with a TV show back in the early 2000s uh, when she was on the Joe Schmo show. If you can get 
if you get any chance to get your hands on the Joe Schmo show, that's my recommendation. It was a fake reality show where uh, they had one real guy and he thought he was on a reality show, but everybody around him was an actor. <laughs> so it's kind of it's Truman, Truman show, show, but a reality show. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, and she was one of the actors. She played uh, a character named Dr. Pat who was like a child psychiatrist. It is amazing. <laughs> sounds so weird. Uh, there was also a couple other like weird, like went on to be a little bit better known. Um, Rickety Cricket from It's Always Sunny is also in that first season hmm. as oh. like the asshole character. And is like the one that makes it almost all the way to the end uh, up, up against the guy because he was like the antagonist of the season. And this poor guy who just, who's going to make it to the end just doesn't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. That's kind of amazing. Okay. It's kind of mean, but it's kind of amazing at the same yeah. time. Uh, they actually did three seasons, but I'll, I'll recommend the first one most highly. Uh, okay. the, the other two are fun, though. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we're kind of, it kind of like worked out this way, but I recently read Lore by Alexandra Brecken. Um, it is one of those like Greek mythology takes. Um, it is about um, Zeus punishing nine of the Pantheon gods um, for a rebellion, right? And so once every, I think seven years, they are, they, they become mortal and they have to survive seven days against the offsprings of like these big families and some undisclosed place right it kind of depends on like where, where where the tether is um and by the time we get to this part of the story the families have figured out what the tether is and how to summon really cool um but basically any of these families can kill a god and become the new god and then they get to live out the next seven years as a god and they bless their families however they want depending on their affinity right it's like aphrodite is like really big in like movies and stuff and then like like things like that and then um, so, so this takes place in like the most current, I think it's an ascension. I don't remember. Um, but like this girl who, this girl Lore is her, she's the last of her family. She's the last of the Perseus line. Um, so the Persades and she has been out of it because her family was slaughtered time and time again. And so now she's being dragged back into it. So it's really cool. Like she, hmm. like Athena's at her doorstep and she's got to help Athena. Okay. And Athena is one of the last, I think, like three original gods or something. That sounds pretty fucking cool. That is interesting. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, 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 it is a young adult book, so it's an easy read, but it was a good read. And I finished it really quickly and I really enjoyed it. It seems like the end is open enough for her to be able to write more into that universe. But it's also wrapped up neatly enough to where you're like, if she stops here, like, I'm not like, I'm not sad about it, you know? Yeah, you, right. you get the full beginning, middle and end. Yeah, so Lore by Alexandra Bracken. It's good. I liked it. There's like there's a big twist in it, and I had a meltdown. Okay, good to know. I meltdown like inducing. <laughs> yeah. Warning, bitch, you will cry. Okay, I'm down. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tiffany, thanks so much for coming on. Is there any? I know there is. What? Uh, where can people find your cool stuff? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Tiffany and Cosplay. It's all written out, and I'm also on Patreon that way. And the same thing to mm -hmm. Tiffany, Tiffany and, cos and Cosplay. Woo! -hoo. So Woo -hoo. 
go thank go you do for those having me people. oh yeah thank yeah. you of course and just seeing you up on my screen reminds me how badly I need to get caught up on Digimon. Yeah, no, we're definitely yeah. just, <laughs> one of my goals for this year is to do more Digimon. I, okay, <laughs> I would. I was telling Zach this. I would love to. We should do like like a like a stream, like a Discord stream or something of Last Kizuna, which is the sequel to Digimon Adventure Try, mm. and like do commentary while we watch it or something. We did that, that for Star Wars Holiday really Special, cool. so that'd be a fun I'd one be to down. do. I'd be down. Yeah. We'll figure that out. Because I have I haven't seen it at all, and so it'll be like, I mean, we can all like watch it for the first time or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know, have a really good time about it. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, come back and join us next week. We will be do not, not next, next week, week, two weeks. I, I'm I'm still not used to switching to the biweekly <laughs> schedule yet. Um. Come back in two weeks where we will be going back to Doctor Who to watch the first Matt Smith episode, The Eleventh Hour. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot we were doing that, but that has me excited. In our, like, let's have a nice warm flashback nerd thing, because we've been doing a whole bunch of, like, new nerd things lately. Mm -hmm. I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. I'm Tiffany. Dismissed. Dismissed.